0: This podcast episode was made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. The special mention goes to Amy Austin, Matt Pattain, Peter Strandkrone, Joseph Stoll, Kat Moseri, Mix and Match, Michael Gosling, Mikael Fick, and Arnold Teva. If you enjoy our work and wish to support us, you can do so at patreon.com slash audioepics, all one word. In exchange, you can receive sneak previews, early releases, extended editions of our audio dramas, music scores, and of course, a stylish coffee mug that says Witch Hunter. Join our cult so you can say, I supported Audio Epics before it was cool. Hello, and welcome to the Audio Epics podcast. Yeah, this time on video. That's Hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, the title of this podcast is "Morality in Interactive Storytelling."
0: Yeah, and uh, for this uh, episode, we've got a guest. Um, his name is Antonio Padula. Uh, I did pronounce your last name correctly, right? Because I, I never, uh, never yes. really say it out loud. Yes, Uh, yes,
2: you did, actually, perfectly.
0: (laughs) So, yeah, um, we're friends, actually, uh, pen pals, you might say. We met on the internet, and uh, we've talked a lot over the phone and stuff, but we've never met in real life so far. Uh, And Antonio is also one of our patrons. And, yeah, uh, yeah, tell us about uh, the project you're working on, if you want.
2: Oh, so uh, I I played a lot of uh, tabletop RPGs in high school. And I wanted to use that time to, you know, create a hobby. So I wanted to design a game that would uh, incorporate morality into the gameplay itself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what I thought at the very beginning. Um, I found that a lot of games, they had uh, morality as a fun mechanic, but people didn't really think about, you know, the implications or how it interacted with them morally mm-hmm. and so i wanted to make a game yeah. where players th- thought as they played they thought about themselves as moral characters
0: that's um, interesting oh there, there's so much we could uh we could ask oh yeah, to to yeah. Like, i started you know, to i
2: started too heavy that's
3: the honestly I, of... I just
2: wanted to make a really fun rpg and then it started yeah. getting deeper and deeper so i'm designing a game um for uh well I used to have a specific audience, but now I feel like it, it addresses everyone because I mm-hmm. had my 13 uh, year old nephew uh, play it and he loved it. And then I played it with a couple of friends of mine, our age and they loved it. And then in the end, it's for everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, do you uh, have any plans uh, with this RPG? What, what are you planning to do with it once it's, it's done, I guess?
2: Um, Well, I want to make it free.
0: Mm
3: -hmm.
2: The ultimate goal is that the rules themselves and uh, much of the basic mechanics are free. They are, what I am basing it on is on the Forged in the Dark game system. Mm -hmm. So that's the game system that uh, Blades in the Dark uses. And um, they made it it free. They, They have an open licensing so that you can use their basic mechanics and then apply that. Make your own game from that. And there are a lot of games that are that come from that.
0: I had no and idea. I would never heard of that uh, particular it's, system. It's, Blades it's in the Dark.
2: It's very. It's it's really fun, <laughs> okay. and it's actually a, a lot of it. A lot of it's designed so that in most games, if you if you play D and
3: mm-hmm. you
2: have, it, you know, you roll your twenty sided dice and you either succeed or you fail, mm-hmm. and maybe the DM will add something to it. In this mechanism, fi- uh, success is a lot easier, but it's mostly success with consequences. Oh, okay. Okay. So everything oh, really has like a catch. Yes, yeah, but
3: it's, yes, buts. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yes, buts are the most common thing you get in, okay. in this system. It's kind of. And I like cool. yes buts.
1: It's <laughs> one of the things
0: that Brendan Sanderson always talks about in, yeah. in uh, outlining a plot, like that. It like, makes uh, good story. For yeah. Good storytelling. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's either, um, yes, but, or it's no, and, uh, if you really want <laughs> I love to, to, to yeah. get into a bad situation. <laughs> um, okay. So where did you get
2: the idea to do an RPG based on, uh, on morality? So I, uh, last year I used to teach ethics for mm-hmm. seventh and eighth graders. And I found that they were bored in class mm-hmm. and I would, I would teach them in the traditional sense that I would show them Aristotelian ethics, virtue ethics, and they would understand it. But I found that ethics is, it's practical. Ethics Mm -hmm. has to be practical because it's all about making the right choices. And so I played a little game with them. Okay, let's play a little game where you would make choices. And as I would play that out, I realized I'm basically just playing D&D light with these kids. (laughs) Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I see where, yeah. Where are you going?
2: And, and, and I sat down I realized, wow, if you, if we can make it fun to make choices and see not only the consequences of those choices in the fictional world, but also Mm -hmm. you as a character, Mm -hmm. then you could teach virtue ethics Without needing it to be too too heavy, where it's fun, you learn as you do it.
0: All right, right. yeah, and yeah. That, that's a that's a great approach. And out of that came, you know, I guess also a a, a setting, a, a fancy or sci-fi setting, I suppose. Or
2: uh... <laughs> yes, well, I always had uh, uh, as a kid. I would always daydream. Um, mm-hmm. I was a big sci-fi nerd, uh, mostly because I was traumatized from watching the movie Alien as a little kid. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's,
0: I can relate. <laughs> I can relate, actually. Um, it, for me, it, it was the second one, Aliens, that scared that's me. That's the one
2: I saw. That's the first oh, one okay. I saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I watched it with my cousin when I was, I don't even know how old I was, I was a little kid. And so we would pretend to be the those uh, those marines and having aliens hunt oh, wow. us and
3: everything.
2: And that just led up to being interested in really bad sci-fi movies and really good sci-fi movies mm. and then some fantasy that's so as a little kid i would always make fictional worlds mm-hmm. world building was what i would do all my free time when i wasn't paying attention in class when i wasn't when i wasn't right. doing something i was world building mm-hmm. and um so i always had this fictional world in in my head and i wanted uh, a vehicle to communicate that world
0: right yeah, I also know because, you know, we're pals, um, that um, you're a big fan of Warhammer 40,000 and the <laughs> Fallout universe, right? I am, I am. Which is, which is kind of fan. funny because we are both big fans of uh, Warhammer fantasy and the Elder Scrolls. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the, the, got the, the, the fantasy the sci-fi. And yeah. Got the, yeah.
1: yeah, I love Fallout too. Yeah, but yeah, right. Yeah, I, um, I love Fallout 2 Fallout 2 4 is, in particular. It's almost a perfect game. Yeah, I
2: love it. Yeah, it um,
1: setting is great.
0: I, 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 I like Fallout 2 and I like 40k as well. I mean, but I, my preference always goes to more of you know the swords and magic and woods. I guess, castle.
2: I guess you read Lord of the Rings as a kid, right? <laughs>
0: Well, I started with The Hobbit. Um, yeah, but yeah, <laughs>
2: that tends to, that tends to mark people. As a kid, yeah. I would read the the 40k uh, novels.
0: Right. Yeah. It's it's always you know that first always, thing yeah. that hits you. Yeah, I guess.
2: Well, I thought when I was little, I saw the 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 Lord of the Rings movies, and mm. I didn't understand it too well, mm. and that's when I told myself I didn't like fantasy. Oh, really? Yeah uh it's a but, stupid but you, reason not to like it you
0: grew out of that particular uh...
2: <laughs> yeah i yeah i grew out of it i grew out of it because i found i found what i liked in mm. fantasy i realized that fantasy has a lot more to offer than than just swords and mm. bows and arrows and elves mm. there's uh there's something about a medieval a high fantasy setting that taps into our basic human nature. Mm, yeah, it,
0: yeah, I, I kind of feel the same. Obviously, like
2: it, an, an epic, an epic battle between uh, two guys with pistols is very short.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but but I, I do have to say, if you watch Sergio Leone movies, uh-huh. it can be incredibly intense and awesome, and you know,
2: oh, I gotta write that. Have down. you ever
0: watched uh, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly? Um, yes, I have. Yes. Yeah, the, you know that final confrontation between those guys—it's a battle of stares, you yeah. know, just eyes, but it's really yeah. intense. The uh, shots
1: are still short. Though, yeah, but yeah.
0: The shooting itself—the intensity isn't in the. Yeah,
2: the with, with fantasy, with fantasy you can have—you can see the 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 will and the might of yes. each person <laughs> fighting, Absolutely. and that's that's really intense. You get pulled into it, and you're like, oh, yeah. he's winning, he's losing. There's like a, a an ongoing—it's like a marathon right
3: mm.
2: and with with more modern weapons it's sort of oh I saw him I got him done unless you got a lightsaber fight of course and that's yeah. where Star Wars is amazing <laughs>
0: yeah and when you, when you kind of got both of those things
1: yeah exactly yeah
0: we've been watching Later. uh rebels lately and we were totally loving it right
1: yeah uh, I, I didn't even want to watch it at first yeah me neither I thought okay I, we'll I got it. really hooked
0: yeah Really, really like it, the show, Star Wars Rebels.
2: Yeah, Animated it's, uh, show. I I saw, I think, I saw one episode, hmm. um, but then I don't know what happened in my life. I, I stopped watching it. What I did love was The Mandalorian. I felt like it really kept the original Star Wars feel.
0: Yeah, we, we still have to start watching yeah. The Mandalorian, but it's, no. it's, it's next, you know. It's because next it, on our You, you want to go chronological, so...
1: But we, we already watched the Clone Wars bought a Baby Yoda for our children. Yeah,
0: <laughs> we do. And I did yeah, see the- one episode. Um, yeah, I, I, I have seen one episode, which I liked. So um, I, I, in particular, I liked Baby Yoda. So.
2: <laughs> yeah, The Mandalorian, which really it, it really keeps that mysterious. Uh, there's a bigger universe out there, but we yeah. don't have to tell yeah. you everything feel right and the stories are pretty universal mm. okay uh the, the director is the same director as uh, iron man it's, yeah it's uh, john
0: favreau right yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: and when he talked to george lucas george lucas told him you have to make we make stories that are for generations to come mm. that are applicable across generations yeah and i feel like he keeps true to that because the, yeah. the themes are not specific to our time they are yeah. they they feel universal and that's i love it
0: yeah that's great i'm looking forward to that Uh, i I feel the same way about rebels actually uh everything that you described um so looks like mandalorian is kind of like a continuation of that but in live action
1: yeah also, oh, so there, uh, there are a couple of episodes that deal with Mandalorians, so uh, yeah,
0: it kind of I mean, helps, Clone Wars too.
1: It kind of helps to, yeah, get into uh, what are Mandalorians, right? Yeah, come this, this, yeah. this, yeah, these they
2: talk about it, and you, you see the difference between different types of Mandalorians, all yeah. oh, right? Yeah, it's 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 curious,
0: yeah, okay. But now we're talking a lot about Star Wars,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> well, Star Wars um, is like one of the, yeah, the ultimate. Uh, stories that deal with uh, morality as well yeah that's true it's practically the the core of the
0: and and yeah and and the 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 star wars role playing game uh, in particular you know the the jedi based uh, role playing game which we i got the book i can show it (laughs) yeah Um,
2: do they have do they (laughs) use the like in uh knights of the old republic the uh like the light and dark scale do they use those yeah yeah, I hate those.
0: <laughs> no, this is a new game. Um, oh, okay. The Force and Destiny um, Star Wars RPG. It's a very beautiful book. It's, uh, it's got wonderful illustrations. Um, wow. Yeah, it's and, well um, It's got a great gameplay system as well. It uses symbolic dice rather than numer- numerical dice.
2: Uh, yeah, um, they use the, just like in um, the other Star Wars RPG where it's just, successes yeah. failures and yeah uh, exactly yeah that. yeah it's, that's, it's uh, from that
0: same line yeah but they've got they a whole chapter on morality that's uh yeah. it's interesting how how big of a part it plays what in your they... character how you've got certain moral strengths and moral flaws that you have to pick from and stuff huh. Huh.
1: Um, that's in that's... other fantasy flight games as well often right the, um the fantasy one we've played the
0: warhammer fantasy yeah yeah, yeah fantasy. they got the symbolic dice too yeah
2: well, I have a, I have a personal issue with with morality as a mechanic.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. um, talk about
2: it. Uh, because I started, I, I wanted to implement it in my game. I was struggling over uh, creating like a light and dark system. Uh-huh. And and I kept playing around with it, but I found that every time I would determine how many points of light, how many points of dark each decision made, I was making. A decision on what was moral and what was not mm-hmm. and when you when a player learns that it stops interacting with their own morality and starts becoming like a game mechanic
3: mm-hmm. how can
2: i want to yeah. play a dark character so i gotta make all the decisions yeah. that make me yeah. a dark character
0: that's, that's my issue interesting with, yeah yeah that's of issue had with knights
2: of the old republic
0: knights yeah knights of the old republic for me, it never bothered me in Knights of the Old Republic, which is one of my favorite games ever, because mm-hmm. the game was so, you know, the choices were so clearly black and black white, and white yeah. that you know that there were no difficulties you in knew. deciding. Yeah. But when we got to Mass Effect, um, it was a little bit different because um, I thought in Mass Effect you had you had a kind of a similar system, but it, they didn't call it good and evil. It was more it like was, uh... Are you like uh, a knight in shining armor type or more like an anti-hero type?
2: Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, you're forced to be the hero, Mass Effect. Yeah. You yeah. can't become the villain. Yeah, or, you, you can
0: become a villain, exactly. But you yeah. can be a kind of, uh, you know, a hard-ass. Shady or, uh, hero
3: kind yeah. of thing. Yeah,
0: or, or more like the noble knight yeah. type. Um, but by that time, I did feel like sometimes... Um, like when I made a choice that I felt was perfectly okay, the game sort of seemed to think that that was a harsh choice, for example. And, and I thought, cre- yeah, I didn't think that yeah. was so harsh. <laughs>
2: yeah, and that, that creates a little conflict with um yeah with the player. Um, exactly. so I read I read this um I read this guy's thesis. Uh his last name is Sikart. I forgot his first name. And he he actually studied morality in video games and um, oh, wow. tabletop games. Which, when I found that out, I was like, okay, I need to learn what he learned and He's apply theory. it. Yes. And he said that, uh, his theory, his thesis says that you cannot, there are two types of people that interact with a game, or two types of parts of your personality. There's homo ludicus, which is human being as a player, and then homo poeticus, which is human being as a human being, as mm-hmm. a moral thinker. So when you make a game, uh, the rules of the game interact with homo ludicus. Mm-hmm. He wants to maximize his chances of victory. He wants to get the most points or he wants to get his strategy down. And homo poeticus doesn't care about that. They, that part of you thinks about other things. And he says, if you want to interact with the morality of a player, have a player think about, okay, who am I going to be in this moment? And what sort of decision did this person take? Uh, you can't put it into the mechanics because then what he's doing is min-maxing.
3: Right. He's like, yeah. okay, I want
2: to be a dark player, so I got to make all the decisions yeah. to maximize my dark player. Or, or he might say, yeah. if
0: if I make the evil choice, I'm gonna get this awesome sword. Um, exactly.
2: Yeah. You have to. You actually have to incorporate morality into the story element of the game. So the mechanics, in fact, the mechanics have to, in a way, conflict with the morality. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. so if you, if you have to make a decision and the mechanics say, this is what maximizes your character, but morally you're thinking, but why do I want to do this? I don't want to do this. Why is it making me do this? Mm -hmm. You actually have to think about, okay, do I want to maximize my points? Or do I want to make a immoral decision? Mm. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you an example. Yeah. And it's and it's uh. Well, actually, no. This example would be too too dark. Um,
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh,
2: well, d- think of the game of Tetris. All right, Tetris. No, has that's no st- too
3: dark. <laughs> <No>.
2: <laughs> Tetris. It's like it's it's a pretty straightforward game. There's no story behind it, right? You're mm. you got to maximize the pieces that you fit in. Right, that's The the game tells you, you got to make rows. Perfect. You know what you need to do? I'm going to try to make the most rows and get most points. Mm -hmm. Now, what if I told you the game, it's Tetris, but now you're putting people on a train and you're kicking people out of a country. So the train now, what you're doing with the train is you're doing something bad with the train. You're kicking people out. So you have to decide, okay, do I want to become a better player and fit the pieces in? or do I want to be a worse player and get the least amount of people kicked out of my country? Okay. And so now you have to, as a player, you're like, "Uh Oh, uh, they're not just pieces. They're people. Yeah. What do I do? And there's a conflict. And so you as a player are interacting with your own morality. Is this right? Is this wrong? What's the right choice?
0: That actually really reminds me of a book, but, um, it's hard to talk about it because I'm going to spoil the ending of the novel if I mention it. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do
3: that.
2: If it's so, one yeah. of those novels where the ending is important...
0: Yeah, it uh, is. Yeah. It's really important. Um, uh, but yeah, it... there's a certain sci-fi novel out there that kind of has an ending that's really... Um,
2: Was this sci-fi like... novel turned into a movie?
0: Yeah.
2: Okay, then I know exactly what you're referring. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, this, this novel... Uh you you're under one premise the entire novel. Yeah. And the the character is forced to make decisions that aren't exactly moral. Yeah. But the character doesn't know the moral implications of those decisions. Yeah. Until the end. And then they tell the big reveal tells them. Yeah. Something else it's that yeah. one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well we,
0: we really navigated that very well i think <laughs> i hope so
1: <laughs> i have no idea what you're talking about
0: i'll tell you afterwards okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then say, uh, oh okay yeah we saw that movie Oh, okay. yeah i knew i, I, I knew where book. you were going with this i don't think you read the book no um well, the book is good it's a good book yeah and I, but i thought the movie was good it was well
2: done yeah it was very well done it kind
0: of left out the more political side of the story but
2: um which which i i i liked yeah because it makes it more universal
1: mm, than, uh... i guess yeah but lots of listeners will not know what you're yeah talking so they <laughs> will <laughs> stop talking about extra, this particular extra
2: points and, <laughs> and a free month of patreon if you can guess
3: <laughs> <laughs> right
2: um yeah it's uh so that's kind of what I wanted to do with the game. Uh, so what it I'm working on right now
1: as um, more like a system to entertain your students.
3: Yes. Then it became yeah.
1: a game, and if I understood correctly from what Lumin told me, it kind of became a school thing later on. It, it kind of expanded, and you uh, you use the system to kind of motivate the entire school. Yeah, uh, I used the game to. Well, I don't know if I got the
2: entire school, but I started getting students who were really interested in it and mm-hmm. playing it out. But that was with like my alpha version yeah. that looking back now is completely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was using like four-sided dice and different mechanics and numbers. And I realized it was too many numbers and too much of it, it needed to be simpler, especially for uh, okay. preteens. It, it needed to be less, less numbers, more action, more decision-making. And that's where I got to uh, forge in the dark. Because I realized I don't have to reinvent a wheel. I just gotta de- I just gotta redesign a car to put the wheel on and then drive that car to really interesting places. I don't know if that metaphor makes sense.
0: <laughs> Not really, to be honest. <laughs>
2: uh, like I didn't have to I didn't <laughs> I didn't have to make like a tyranny new system. I just found someone right. else's system that works because mm-hmm. really what I care about is what the storyline is and then maybe some little pieces
0: yeah no no i get it now yeah so um since um you kind of mentioned um that you um you you didn't want to focus the morality on the mechanics of the game as such yeah um it comes more from the story um, I assume you're also working on modules or campaigns uh, yes. for this game.
2: So the way the way the the business model behind it is the game mechanics itself are free, um, but the those campaigns, modules, worlds, cities, those books, the physical books, I would I would sell because everyone likes a nice book. A Absolutely. pretty book in their hands. Oh, yeah. Because
0: I, I've blown a lot of money on RPG books in
2: my life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, um, I bought the the Burning Wheel uh, book mm-hmm. and I loved it. I love okay. the feel of it. I love the how thick it is, how how the shape of it. It's this I wanted to make something like that. I want to make a product that's that beautiful. Oh, yeah. And what I just want to sell is the physical pages. The content, I want to make it free. But if you want something pretty, yeah, I'll sell it because you know it costs money to produce the book. Yeah. But I just, I just I, want. I'm gonna go have overall. to insert
0: a meme here of, of Gandalf
2: saying, "Don't tempt
0: me, Frodo." <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh. So, uh, there are there are mechanics in the game. I don't know where to how how I. How I address this? I uh, I'm a big fan of Magic: The Gathering. And I found that their color system was genius.
0: Okay, um, for the listeners who don't know what Magic the Gathering is, could you explain?
2: Oh yes, so so Magic the Gathering is uh, objectively the best card game ever designed. Um, It was it's a card game designed by Wizards of the Coast, same same makers of uh, D anD D in the nineteen nineties, and in this card game, you you play down monsters and you have different magical spells. And your goal is, you know, to drain the life points of another player through many different mechanics. Uh And in the game, there are, the cards have mana, have a mana cost. Like Mm -hmm. you have to be able to play a card. You have to have enough mana on the board to play the card. And those mana have colors. And what magic did with those colors is each color has a certain identity and philosophy and mechanics within the game. Originally, it was mechanics, and then that grew into philosophies.
0: And they're kind of tied to the the elements, right? Yes, like they're, they're kind of... And...
2: I, I feel like they, they touch upon sort of universal values. That's yeah. why I loved them so much. So you have the wheel goes... Uh, at the very top, there's white. So white is the color of order and peace, but it can also become highly tyrannical and controlling. Then it, Then next to it is blue, Blue is the color of uh, perfection and control and a lot of magic. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like cold and rational. Mm -hmm. And then next to it, below it is black. So it's all in a wheel. Mm -hmm. Black is the color of selfishness, the self. It's ruthless. It's uh, people call it the evil color. It's not exactly evil because every color can be evil, but it's the most selfish of all colors. Then and that has like sacrifices and blood magic and it's it's my favorite color. Then
3: <laughs> it's always,
2: the dark is always attractive and then uh, the red next to it is red, which is the simplest color. It's passion, impulse. So everything, all the all the cards do is they burn things and the monsters are mm-hmm. really fast and it's it's all it's about no thinking, all action. And then next, and then the last one is green. Green is all about harmony, nature. Mm. Um, it's got the biggest creatures in in the game, and so the, what's really good about the color pie is their positioning on the pie isn't just a coincidence. Each color is a philosophy that has allied colors which are the colors next to it and enemy colors that are on the opposite side Opposed,
3: yeah okay
2: yeah and so the the very philosophies they find common ground with the other colors and they have opposed uh philosophies with the other colors and then you get even more complicated when you start combining colors because you can have a deck with cards of two colors or three mm, colors even and, opposed and, colors and even opposed co- and then you it's it's just it's infinite and so what I loved about that is people, you could actually define fictional characters with those colors. kind of like the, yeah. uh, the
0: alignment roster yeah. from d
2: and But I feel like it's a lot more nuanced than D&D because right. D&D, it tells you, oh, I'm chaotic. I'm neutral. I'm good. I'm evil. These colors aren't good or evil. They just, they have their philosophy. And when taken to the extreme, mm-hmm. they may do things that we will consider evil.
1: More like a temperament.
2: It's a temperament. Yeah. That's that's what I loved about it. So I'm inspiring myself Mm -hmm. on those ideas so that when you create a character in my RPG, you align with a certain temperament. Mm. And so your your character's uh I would say vices and virtues go aligned with certain temperaments. And that will affect like the outcome. Going back to the game, that would affect the outcome of your character. So in outcome of like the decisions that they make and so instead of imposing oh this character's evil this this mm-hmm. character's bad let's say you play a character that's mostly red the red color you your character is impulsive you're very good to action you're very compassionate uh you may be a character that loves other characters much more easily but you don't think too much you're mm. you're very you can be very angry your emotions take control so when you're good Let's say you're a very loving character. When you're bad, you're very angry. You can, mm. you can have... Mm. So, okay. e, your char- instead of you becoming good or evil, it's just these are your vices, these are your virtues.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: How are you going to overcome your vices and how are you going to uh, strengthen your virtues? Because yeah. it, I found that uh, virtue ethics, there are virtue ethics without going too deep never tells you what's good or what's bad. Hmm. it just tells you, you should be a just person. And so you say, okay, who's a, what does a just person do? What is fair? And so you learn from other people, what is just, and you find examples and you, and you try to be as just as you can. And by trying to be as just as you can, you will find that it's easier and easier to be a just person.
0: What I find interesting about that is that it sort of gets away from this idea of morality that's more like these extreme situations where you put yeah. people in like you know those horrible dilemmas when you know you're in a train and you have to choose uh, which yeah. track you're gonna you know th- that one um yeah like you know that's not really morality because it, it's just it's not really it's not life you know um most people will never be in a situation like that
2: yeah and 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 with virtue ethics it's every decision you make makes shapes who you are yeah exactly like yeah it, you could you you go home and you can either read a book or watch a movie mm-hmm. and they're both goods according to Aristotle everything has a good but there are some goods that are more appropriate for the time and and so you have to pick which good is the good I want to take to lead me to be the person I want to be Am I going to watch Netflix now? I like the now? fact that
0: you didn't just say some goods are higher than others. You said some mm-hmm. goods are more appropriate for the time. So that puts in even more nuance, actually.
2: Well, Aristotle used to say that the highest good is politics. And then <laughs> that's, uh, you know, and, and because he thought that in ancient Greek, everyone lived in, in politics was the was the governance of the cities, the polis. Mm-hmm. And so he thought that every the city was everything. And so for the Greeks, your city meant everything. If you were Athenian, that was your most important identity. And so for him, that was the highest good. So everything that would lead to that good for the good of the city was the best good. Hmm. Now, today. We have nations. We have all these other things. And I so
0: thought, I thought uh, it was Aristotle, uh, but I might be wrong, who um, who said that um, you know the, the highest things in life to do are those things we, we do for their own sake. Um, exactly. Like friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and like and like playing um yeah. for example because you don't do it for some ulterior reason because for me when i heard that that was that was really uh, something that really opened my eyes in in many ways um
1: it kind of conflicts the current mindset that everything should have a purpose and everything should yeah. be uh, yeah like it's very functional.
0: freeing um it makes you know it it, uh, it sort of gets <laughs> you away from this um idea that you know like you can't have A story that's just a good story it has to carry some kind of message um you know it can just be a good story and that in itself is a noble goal right i mean
2: for me that was kind of um i i i got i got something i got the opposite from that uh yeah i got i i got the opposite uh because i found that uh, everything had a purpose everything Mm -hmm. had its purpose it's trying to be the best of its kind, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you're, if you make a chair, you're trying to be the best chair it can be. If the chair can't sustain you, then it's not a good chair. Mm. That's how we can say bad chair, good chair. Bad mm-hmm. chair breaks when you sit on it. Good chair does not break when you sit on it. Yeah, yeah Better sure. chair is comfy, <laughs> you know? Uh, I got the opposite. I, I found that, like, everything had its – its place its purpose and there are things that are better than others according to their purpose and, uh, yeah, and you,
1: do you think one of the purposes of storytelling is like uh, taking a moral stance or or conveying a moral stance mm-hmm. to the audience i
2: i think it's Im- i think it's impossible for a story not to take a moral sense in one way or another
3: yeah
2: mm-hmm. i think in every story when a, a writer writes a story, they sort of put elements of themselves and what they think is important and not important. Yeah, exactly. mm-hmm. And every single story, you may think you may find stories out there that their purpose was their story is like, no, there's, they don't tell you anything. Everyone dies at the end,
3: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. but like, like Shakespeare and Shakespeare, Shakespeare likes killing everyone off at the end of a story.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: But you realize As along the one. way,
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, mm-hmm. along the way, the story tells you things happen that lead to everyone's death. Yeah, that's true. And you start thinking, well, I don't want to die. Why do I want to do those things that lead to my death?
0: Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, of course, there are stories where, where tragic things happen, you know, for, for no real reason. They're, but they t- don't tend to be good stories. <laughs>
2: And that, see, but there you said it, you said they're not good, Mm -hmm. right? So you think when, when you say, when you read a story and you say, this story is no good, then you have in your mind the idea of then what's a good story? Yeah. Yeah. What does a good story do? What Mm -hmm. is it? What does it leave you with? Um, Everyone says that Lord of the Rings is one of the greatest books of the 20th century because, it leaves you with something more than just the story. The story is the vehicle in which many more things are given. Uh, I think every story has a moral stance and every and it, it's impossible for it. But then, not then
0: again, at the same time, Tolkien really would have balked at the idea of the Lord of the Rings being a vehicle for a, a message. Yeah, he really was very adamant about that, that you know, he, he hated the idea of um, allegory. Uh, he didn't want uh, yeah. people to sort of consider the book as, oh, it's it's a warning about the atomic bomb, for example, yeah. which was a big topic back then. Um, you know, or or you know, it's it's about you know the, the horrors of war, or it's <laughs> yeah, you know, even though you know he clearly puts in these things that makes it very clear yeah. that he cares about certain issues. Um, but he, he was it was very important for him that it it, it would not be considered you know um, a vehicle for a message. Boy, he for didn't do- it, he, his, his only true desire was to just tell a, a beautiful story, a thing of beauty um, that in itself you know is, is worth existing just because it's a beautiful story
3: Creation.
0: Yeah and that for yeah. me that's something that I can really get behind. I, I, I kind of want to get away from this functional, Sort of thinking about storytelling which i used to do um and yeah. and, uh, and it was very freeing for me to be
3: to i, I of... think
1: it's hard also if you're telling a story and and you wanna you really wanna put a message in there for everyone mm-hmm. to to understand you kind of take the moral high ground don't you yeah like when i'm you... the author and I'm gonna tell you what's right and what's wrong, and I think it's, hmm. it's it's like a finding a balance is really hard.
2: Well, it's 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 like it's like telling someone. Um, what would be an example? Um, it, uh, to keep it simple, someone you have a friend who wants to eat a donut, and he does, and the donut's not good for him. Uh, he wants to be on a diet, uh, and he wants to eat the donut. So you tell your friend, uh, instead of telling your friend, "Don't eat that donut. That's bad." Your friend will look at you and say, why can't I eat this donut? Leave me alone. Let me eat my donut. Instead, you go (laughs) to him and you say, why do you want to eat that donut? Well, it's delicious. Weren't you doing a diet? Yeah. And does that donut fit into the diet? (laughs) Well, no. Then why are you going to eat the donut? Oh, maybe I shouldn't eat the donut. Okay. (laughs) Instead of of (laughs) telling him what Mm. you're doing is bad. I can see you're a good
0: dad. I can see that. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah, well, my children are, my, my daughter is two years old. So when I tell her why, she just looks at me and says, I don't care. I'm just going to eat the donut. <laughs>
1: yeah, one yeah, person sure. needs,
2: yeah. still
1: needs yeah. uh, some...
2: What is this why? What does it mean? I just <laughs> want to do it clearly because it's there. Yeah. Um,
1: it's Ronan's biggest argument, isn't it? Yeah. But I want it. Yeah. <laughs> but
2: I want it. It's It's the ultimate it's the, I just want it. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. In in a story you can't when that just becomes, that becomes propaganda. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: That's, that's where we fall into the, the read, the writer wants the reader to take a specific message. And in, Mm -hmm. and if you, if in a store, in a good story, you can take multiple messages from what happens. Mm -hmm. Um, People could always say, people always say in Lord of the Rings, Sam is the hero
3: mm-hmm. because
2: he's the best friend and everything. Yeah, but what about Frodo's internal suffering? Mm-hmm. Isn't he a hero? And then you can sit down and discuss who really is a hero. And then you start discussing what is a hero. No, mm-hmm. it's Aragorn. Clearly, he's the hero. Well, he didn't destroy the ring. Yeah, but he's the king.
1: They're all heroes.
2: Mm-hmm. They're all heroes in different ways. Yeah.
1: In their own only- uh, Story arc—that's yeah. what I love about yeah. it. The whole—they all have their different story arcs. Yeah, but
0: who's would... interesting? Everything you're saying kind of uh, resonates back to me um, with Tolkien again when he said um, that he preferred applicability rather than allegory because like yeah, applicability yeah. is about uh, the freedom of the reader, and allegory is about the purposeful domination of the author.
2: Yeah, I I completely agree. I completely, and that's going back to my game that's what i realized you know that's if i made a decision to say this is good this is bad and you are being punished for this and you are being uh, rewarded for this i am telling you and then you play the game it's like this is stupid i don't agree with this
3: Yeah, yeah
2: if you if you if i give you a game where you're free to make your decisions what you what you don't choose is your 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 character has a personality and so Mm -hmm. there are flaws and you accept the flaws. Okay. It comes with the territory. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a rational magic wielding character, but I lack a little sympathy for others or this and that Mm -hmm. there, this is my flaw. Yeah. And so you will take the consequences of that flaw. And then you, you start asking yourself, okay, is this helping me out or not? I want to become this sort of hero and I can't because of this, advice I have
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, instead of instead of me telling you this is bad no no don't do that mm-hmm. you as a player say oh this is going against with what I, who I want to be
1: yeah yeah that's inherent to the temperaments being part of the character and not of the yeah. decisions you make because a lot of interactive games they kind of put these temperaments in the in the choices you make rather than the, the character you develop mm. Like, uh, like in Guild Wars Two, when you you have the loyal moral choice, and you have mm. the, and that kind of adds up to your character. But it's it's more like the choices you you make, kind of develop your character along the way.
3: Yeah,
0: th- there's a there's also a great um, video game RPG. Um, it comes from Belgium. Um, Divinity: Original Sin. Um, uh, I yes. And in that game, <laughs> you've got. When you, you you pick certain dialogue choices, um, it kind of, it gives you, it um, adds certain points to uh, things in your personality, like, I don't know, arrogance or, you know, um, conflict avoidance or, uh, you know, like really specific personality traits. Um, and, and it becomes mechanically interesting when you play with other people because, you mm-hmm. um, it, influ- it influences, um, you know, the outcomes of when you have to actually make decisions together. Um, so there's a conflict. Yeah. It's a conflict.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's something I wanted to put in. So have, there will be moments where certain checks will have a, when you do a check, depending on your stats or how involved you are with your philosophy, you get a certain result. Hmm. Or you get, uh, you either, I wouldn't say fail, but you get a type of failure. Uh, in, instead of making the characters gain arrogance, my characters, they, 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 the character gains uh, more in their philosophy. They become more and more, if they want to follow through, they become more and more mm-hmm. extreme with their philosophy. And that comes with more positive traits and more negative traits. So you become more extreme. The more you become, the more passionate and compassionate you become. The more angry and impulsive you become, uh, and you can just try to maybe balance it out with another philosophy. But that also comes with its own issues.
0: Do these in uh, these moral um, things also come back in in the sort of the lore of your setting? Like, for example. Yes. You no, know, there are certain spirits, for example, that, that, that will seek you out or something if you are into a specific philosophy or I don't know. Just that's
2: something. what I'm. That's what I'm fleshing out. Um, so the universe I created, if I can, am I allowed to share this information? <laughs> uh, you don't have to if you don't like. It. It's uh, So the the world I'm making is I'm 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 a history nerd and um, I'm a big fan of World War Two. I found that it was the last war where people didn't have to press a button and then it's over. You're done. You send a missile or something. Technology played a big part. Man's ingenuity played a big part, but you still needed people to have bravery, to fight, to... Mm -hmm. um, And so I'm taking... It's a universe where I take some of World War II's technological advances while keeping medieval europe's social elements and you know of course armor and swords are always cool and so i i i tried to keep i want to keep the medieval knight element incorporated mm-hmm. in that sort of decentralized and chaotic world of medieval europe with uh modern uh, the modern 20th century's social conflicts so Medieval meets it World Sounds
0: show. a little bit
2: like Fallout I have to say. But yes. like the Brotherhood of Steel. I love Yeah. I like the Knights in a way. Um, I love the Brotherhood of Steel. <laughs> I've I've always been a fan of Brotherhood of Steel Space Marines. Yeah. Um uh all these other guys. Uh, I I I love that sort of medieval brotherhood monk system with modern weapons it's that contrast right. is really interesting. Yeah. Um and also the because
1: the, top, uh, shoulder armor... pads. the shoulder pads. <laughs> like...
2: Oh yes. <laughs>
1: like in, in Warhammer Forty Thousand, yeah. that's also really... yeah you yeah got over huge, over the
0: top, huge right? shoulder pads.
1: <laughs>
2: it makes you look bigger. It yeah. makes them look <laughs> all scary and intimidating. Um yeah I have I have a whole I I like I like when people when things are when worlds are designed to like almost the intricate detail, like there's a love for each detail, and I, when it came to like the combat in the world, I really concentrated on, why? How would it make sense? Much like Dune, how would it make sense to use a sword with this sort of technology that exists?
0: Yeah, yeah. They really, I mean, Frank Herbert really found a way to to make swords matter in in the year ten thousand or something. Yeah.
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, it's something that it, to the point where technology advanced so much that actually using primitive technology is much better than the advanced yeah. technology because there's always like a counter.
3: Yeah.
1: yeah, Exactly.
0: Is, is there some, a similar element in Star Wars, I guess? Um, in Star Wars, they have... Uh, like when they have those shields and you, when you shoot them, you shoot the ray shields and, and the, the lasers can get through, but uh, you know if you walk through, you, you can actually get through the shield. Um,
2: oh yeah i remember that that was that i love that so that requires close i actually thought about that in in this in my world there is there is there is magic because mm-hmm. actually y- you kind of convinced me of the importance of magic i used to not like magic okay. <laughs> and, and talking to you made me realize hmm,
3: oh, i didn't know me, that
2: i, had no I idea. should incorporate magic um i had no idea of that uh, yeah <laughs> and it got me thinking talking to you got me thinking a lot um Uh, about how do I mix my love for things that go boom. And (laughs) and like, uh, there's nothing cooler than, you know, the sound of, it's the the primitive feeling of firing
1: a heavy gun. So
3: awesome.
2: Yes. Like that sound, it's so primitive. (laughs) Uh, I understand the orcs in the 40K universe when they just scream for more DACA. more machine (laughs) (laughs) guns yeah um yes this world this world uh it takes it takes the classical medieval feel because i feel like it is in that setting in which each man or and each woman must take on the responsibility of bettering the world Mm -hmm. so my world my world takes place on a planet called othello okay and uh it's called it's othello it's also because i'm a big fan of uh, shakespeare so uh othello is a world that was uh raged uh, i mean uh, de- devastated by war
3: okay and so
2: you you've you had uh the 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 Kokutai was like a, a sort of a, je- a um, medieval japanese uh uh could um a society that later had internal revolutions and in different houses that started fighting amongst themselves, and so the world was ravaged by war, and so now it's broken down into city states and some remnants of the Kokutai, and so the player in this world, what they do is much like in um, in Blades in the Dark, which has your character. So the way Blades in the Dark work is you are a character, but also you are part of a gang. Because Blades in the Dark is about uh, stealing and doing crime in a city, in like a steampunk city. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So taking those mechanics, I took you play a character, but your character is also part of a guild. And your guild Mm -hmm. has a certain philosophy of how they wish to see the world made. And Mm so you as a character with your own, with a similar philosophy with your guild, but with slight differences, and with other characters, you guys take on missions Relative to your what your guild does, and so in the world you can either become a monster hunting guild, or because everyone likes good monsters, mm. it's, it's always fun to kill a dragon, uh, or see if you can kill mm. the dragon. Yeah. Um, at least make the effort.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at
2: least make the effort, or die in the attempt. Um, the uh, you you your guild shapes this world. And you interact with different cities and different societies that have different philosophies and have different issues. Okay. And so you're, you shape the world. The world is in tatters. How are you going to put it together? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so, so you that, become a character of influence. Uh... Yeah, everyone wants to. I, I've never really understood the the people who who play the everyday RPG, like you're an everyday person in an RPG. Hmm. Um. Because well, I, I feel, already am one. <laughs>
0: I, I kind of. I always felt the same way. Um. As you, until I actually played uh, World of Darkness as a player uh, and tabletop game. Huh? Um. And um. It was you know you got you know World of Darkness. Is no, just, I haven't. It's sort of a. It's like a, a supernatural horror uh, setting. You know, it's it's basically our world, but there are vampires Vampire, and there are werewolf. but but people you know is people it, don't know that. You know, it's kind is of, this the
2: game that's it's it's it powered by the apocalypse mechanic? I think so. Okay. It, yeah, I think I might defense. know that one.
0: It's got a dice pool with details Is it like
2: is it like Cthulhu call of Cthulhu where where combat is deadly or it's not really a good idea to get into fights?
0: Uh, I don't know. Um Vampire the Masquerade, does that bring a bell in any way? Um, yes, but I haven't played it so that that's world of darkness okay so so you've got the basic setting and then you've got all these specific games within that setting you can play as a vampire you can play as a werewolf or whatever but what we played was the basic book world of darkness where you just play as a normal human being Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we were playing like you know really flawed uh average people but very different from ourselves and um and I felt actually that uh, the, the horror element of the story was much more powerful because of that.
3: Oh, you I agree.
0: Like you know, um, you know, you were alone in a in a dark yeah. house with a supernatural entity. You really yeah, felt like it was there was real danger there. And it was interesting to inhabit, you know, a completely different person
2: than myself. Yeah, the the games to try to create horror, they have to uh, make you feel helpless. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's where the horror kicks in because yeah. it, it, the, the, best horror video games I've ever played were the ones where you didn't get a weapon.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I haven't never played a game like
2: a video game like that, but it, it's oh, I've um, always
0: been interested in, in, um, alien isolation. That looks like a cool alien
2: isolation. You actually get a weapon. Oh, okay. Uh, at some point, And that's when it stops being scary for me. Okay. Um, but it's a it's a very good game and the AI is is very good. But in uh the best one I've played was Outlast.
3: Okay. That one's very
2: it's very dis- it's very disturbing. It's very R-rated um, as as a horror game. There is, you know, gore. Um but in this game, you are a whistleblower, you have a camera, and that's it. And the camera has a, a night vision element and that's it. And you run out of batteries too, and so your goal is to find out what the story is, but you go into a mental asylum where everyone's crazy. Okay. <laughs> and so it's very uh, it's very terrifying because you can't do anything. Um, but that I thought, that, um, Sounds scary Alan Wake was scary already.
1: It was. I know, but you get a gun I, in I that game. It.
2: Yeah. You get I a
0: gun, very ammo,
1: little,
2: yeah, You get yeah. very little ammo, yeah. Very sparing. I, and I find games much scarier than than movies. In that sense. you have to do it yourself. You have to do it yourself. No. Yeah. So yeah. You, are, you are helpless.
1: Exactly. I've played a pacifist <laughs> character in Skyrim. And that was scary too. When you have uh, your yeah. headphones and you get into yeah. a dungeon, you know. And you can't do anything. Arms, yeah. Arms. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. I, I, uh, I'm also a very big fan of horror. Um, especially um, a Lovecraftian horror
0: right, right.
2: Mm. that's the, the sense of the unknown. Um, I think for me that is the most terrifying. In movies when I see the when I see the monster, I'm no longer scared. But mm. mm. I know what I'm dealing with unless it's a spider clearly mm. but <laughs> if, if it's if it's anything else, once I see the monster I'm like, okay, I know what I'm dealing with. Um, yeah,
1: I know what you mean.
0: But yeah, when it can it can be really effective if you see like glimpses of the monster.
2: Yes, yes, you're like, oh, what is that? Why is it? Why yeah. is it slimy? Are Where, you
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah,
2: you hear them. That's I think those are, are much much better. And that's actually I actually have that horror incorporated in my lore. Um, since cool. as as a player, I because I live a normal life. When I play a game, I want to play someone who's not normal. Sure. Yeah, I, exactly. I completely get that. Um, or even
1: uh, less normal than you usually
2: are. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> in 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 my game, you're you're already considered a hero. Okay, you're a hero. You you're very skilled in certain things uh, already, but uh, what you do with those skills and how you overcome your own personal passions is really the test of it and the consequences of that. You're very good with a sword, great, but you you just you killed the the noble king because of whatever reason. Now, what are you going to do? So how do you incorporate horror into that? Well, you have to find a way to make people feel helpless, even though they're skilled. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So I'm trying, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how do I make that Lovecraftian horror, uh, element in those creatures that you can't destroy. How, how I incorporate that. I'm still working out the kinks.
0: You introduce some kind of kryptonite. (laughs) um yeah take away the power but it's kind of cheating i guess
2: yeah it does feel like cheating right i I can't tell you oh no now you have no power when you're in front of this guy uh i want to keep him powerful but i guess make the consequences bigger so you try to you try to overcome the the creature but the price you pay for overcoming is even more so do you want to take that risk uh
0: yeah, I, I guess um, if, if the focus is on the morality of it, I guess it's it's kind of like Superman. Uh, I'm wearing a Superman t-shirt, by the way. Um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's not, not relevant. Uh, it's kind of like Superman, I guess. Um, you know, how do you write a story for Superman that's in any way exciting or interesting? You either have to take away his power, mm-hmm. right? Or you yeah. have to confront him with some kind of moral dilemma where yeah. he wonders yeah. what should i use my power here or not, i guess right
2: yeah now now take superman and give him a deep personality flaw then that would be that would be really interesting like uh superman but he's addicted to gambling or something right. well he's yeah.
1: addicted to lois lane that's a personality flaw
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
0: he's a yeah that's, yeah, that's think, a weird thing that I think if he, lane. if
1: he didn't fall in, if he didn't fall in love he would just be more focused on using his powers for but, good I mean, then he would have no love yeah that's true what kind
2: of existence is that
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. yeah yeah
0: um go to the I I think I, I'm not I'm not a comic I'm not a comic <laughs> book reader um but I did think that the the movie the Batman versus Superman movie kind of did Handle the whole, you know, Superman's dilemma uh, element.
2: Yeah, he well. has. Superman has a big risk of becoming a, a god amongst men and then imposing his will on others because <laughs> yeah, he exactly. is. exactly. And everyone powerful.
0: was afraid of of him, and 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 you know, um, people were kind of turning against him. And you know that that theme was explored in in that movie. Um, I know it was based on comic books, but I've never read them. It's it's that
2: um, it's that interesting um. Uh, the, the concept that a good men aren't uh, aren't in, incompetent. Like good man isn't a good man isn't a man who's not dangerous. He's mm. just a man who's dangerous and chooses not to be. Mm. Right. So like Superman is incredibly dangerous, but he chooses to do it for good than for evil. Mm-hmm. But you know, if Superman one day says, "You know what? I'm king of this world. Who's gonna stop him?"
1: Yeah, that's the strength of the character, really, uh, mm. and and that's also cool about the the fact that he just lives a, a normal life at first, uh, being raised by these normal parents yeah. who just want to teach their son values and be a good man. Basically, yeah,
0: it's like uh, at the end of uh, the movie Man of Steel, when when the soldier asks uh, Superman, um, how do we know you're not gonna turn against us? Against America's interests. And he said, Well, I grew up in Kansas.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But that's like, that's a valid question. It's that fear that, oh, you're so competent, uh, you could become a dangerous enemy. Hmm. And that's something that's that's really interesting. When you were either playing games or reading stories about heroes, uh, I don't really see that very often how do you well you see it in some of them i think in harry potter you see it there's like a temptation to become evil Hmm. uh you're now a very powerful person what's keeping you from becoming evil because it's easy it's 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 actually much easier if you're weak to say well i'm one of the good guys because i'm not powerful enough to actually impose my will upon the world and become evil
0: yeah but even yeah but even then you can you can actually be evil and dangerous um
2: where you're you're kind of like sneaky, trying to get yeah. whatever you can. Yeah, you know, or sort of like uh, Gollum,
0: manipulate. Yeah, I guess a good example. yeah. But Gollum isn't isn't weak.
2: I mean, he, he, he yeah can do, he can do stuff.
0: Oh, weak.
2: Stuff. That's the thing that the, the little weak guy, the the weak enemy, isn't scary. What are you gonna do? Complain about me being good? <laughs> yeah. But if if they have some sort of competence, like if he's very manipulative. Or they're very convincing.
3: Mm-hmm. Now,
2: one could use their persuasion skills for good and keep people together, or they can use it for evil to divide. Mm. And then you go. There's the competence once again. Yeah. So okay. then, I, it, it goes back to like to morality. This is why I think like in in stories, uh, morality is it's always there because you're always showing people what you can do, mm-hmm. what you should do. I feel like every story is trying to tell you what you should do by showing you what happens when you do this Mm -hmm. or when this person does that or when the other person does this thing. And then you sit down and you look at it and say, do I want to become this person? No, then I shouldn't be making these decisions. And And a bad story, you read it and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Why would a person with this personality flaws all of a sudden do this or but of course,
0: yeah. you do have stories where things happen in spite of the characters' actions, or for example, you know, in spite of their best intent. You know, like stories where people get um, wrongfully accused of some crime. Yeah. For example, um, because somebody else um, is evil, and um, you know. Um,
1: or they they. of... Cause accidents because you try to avoid it. Uh,
0: right. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, so uh, yeah. What moral point does that make? Um, yeah, well, that.
2: there you, there you go back to. Um, so it's with virtue ethics. It's really not about the the consequence. In yeah, fact, it's it's to become but, an but, agent of good. So let's say yeah. You read those stories where no matter what they do. They get thrown in jail. Let's say Mm -hmm. they don't stop being a good character. Do you still Mm -hmm. do you dislike that character all of a sudden?
1: No, no, no. You actually
2: you actually love them more because they're taking their suffering nobly. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
2: Or or they they despite being going to jail, he didn't lie or he -hmm. didn't use the the one secret to use it against his enemy or something like that. And so you look at that character and you still look at them with admiration. Is despite All the bad consequences that happen there's something in you that looks at them and says i I want to be like that
0: i guess the point that i'm trying to make is what you then need is that is an audience that already accepts um these kinds of ethics you know virtue ethics Hmm. Uh, if you have an audience that watches like the same movie from a a vantage point of you know Uh, consequentialism, consequentialism yeah they might conclude oh if i do this good thing apparently you know bad stuff can still happen to me so i'm not going to do that <laughs> you know and yeah. that might be the the message they get from that <laughs> that's
3: the not ideal is,
2: the thing the thing that happens with consequentialism is a lot of the examples are 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 short term or they're mm-hmm. they're like a little sliver of something that happens so you don't see the ripples you don't see the other side effects it's like i can't think of a metaphor <laughs> yeah,
0: but, but, but i mean like a storyteller could you know yes yeah, a, a a, who thinks that way and it could show a story in that way and it, thereby give you know i guess a wrong moral message
2: i i i agree i agree because you're cutting a little section you're looking at a little section yeah. in a story you're not
0: showing the yeah. real consequences, I guess.
2: Because maybe 10 years later or because this person went to jail, this other person and the way they suffered nobly motivated someone else to be, I don't know, uh, save a child from a fire or mm-hmm. or that person in jail, They their life was terrible, but they helped these other criminals turn around their lives because of who they were in there. So maybe they they did good in there, but you don't see that in like the entire movie that what I think if I do this right with my game is most campaigns are long-term, correct? Mm -hmm. They, you do a bunch of things. And so as your character becomes more virtuous, everything they touch because of their, because of how good they are will slowly improve despite other bad consequences. Their general tendency is to improve the world. Mm -hmm if you play him like that or you can become evil if yeah. you want to.
0: I did, I think it's very challenging for a games master. Um, yeah. It has to be well-versed
2: in. Yeah. That's, that's uh, my biggest, ethics, that's, right? that's our biggest challenge is how do I help the game master uh, play the game that way, that create a story that. Gives them the freedom to tell the story they want to do, but gives them the tools to uh, fulfill our objective, which is have people think ethically. Yeah, that's that's our big challenge. That's that's what we're still working on today. Wow. Yeah. Um, without without bombarding him with rules and things, because the GM, you got to give him freedom. Yeah. Because also, he's like developing being tied a down.
0: video game. I guess it, you could. Focus it all a
2: bit more on the the narrative. Um, yeah. Easier, but but I'd have to do, I'd have to do so much coding and so many events and so many because video games are much shorter than a uh, than a uh, tabletop session.
3: Right.
2: Then table uh, how- tabletop yeah activities.
1: How do you deal with justice in your games? Like uh you you know when you make a good choice you will affect things in a positive way but what if you don't?
2: Um. Yeah, with the con- the consequences. Yeah. Those are actually those are even the best kind. Um, those are called uh, wicked problems. So you you make a decision that you think will have a great consequence. Uh, there's an example of this in actual in Fallout in Fallout Three.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, for those who have played Fallout Three, there's uh, Fallout Three is a post-apocalyptic game, and um, there's this place called Tempeh Towers. Um, and Tempeh Towers is sort of uh, they try to live the world as it was before the war, and they have comfortable beds, and they live well, while the rest of the world, they're living in, in a wasteland, terrible lifestyle. And these people, they're these, these group of people called the ghouls, who are people radiated by the radiation. Their, their their skin is all drooping off, and they're very very hideous. And they don't let the Tempese Towers doesn't let the ghouls in. They don't let them live in because they don't want to look at them. And the ghouls don't like the Tepany Tower because they're elitist and they won't let other people in. And so you have a mission. You're giving missions to each of them. So from, from each of them. So the ghouls tell you to kill everyone in tepany Tower. So let the ghouls in. And the ones in tepany Tower tell you to kill all the ghouls and to get rid of them because they don't want to look at them. And you actually have an option to, to broker peace between them. Mm-hmm. And so when I played, I brokered peace between them. Yeah. Uh, because... I wanted to become the noble peacekeeping character, but you know when you come back to that place after hours of gameplay, you find out that the ghouls killed everyone inside the tower. That's and so you so you get there and you're like, I want it to be good yeah. <laughs> because yeah. as a as a player, you're thinking I want to maximize my decision making. I'm the I am the peaceful character, so everything I do has to stay the way it is. Yeah, and that doesn't always happen in life. Mm-hmm. Um. But as a player, you made a moral decision. What does a just person do? Or what does a peacekeeping person yeah. do? And you made that decision. And that it's actually has a
1: consequences.
2: Yeah. And that has a consequence as you, as a player, and as a human being. You made that decision. And then no matter when you come back, you say, oh, it went terrible. You could become cynical and say, why did I do that? What was the point of that? But you didn't have all the information. Yeah. You made the best decision with what you had.
1: So you're saying you have to let go of that because I know that was one of my biggest frustrations while playing Bioware games. I used to just look up what the outcome would do because <laughs> yeah. I was afraid I would lose one of my party members or the other if I made a, a decision. And I that did was the same. Like so stressful. <laughs> and you know yeah. that I was very good
2: a- at that. Yeah. yeah. Dragon Age. Uh... Yeah. That actually ruined uh, that ruined a lot of the games for me yeah. when I would do that. I would look up the games and then it stopped. It was still fun, but it wasn't as fun. I think...
1: Exactly, yeah. Uh,
2: what was the game? I think it was Mass Effect 2 was one of the first games I played where I didn't look up anything. And to this day, it's the game I love the most because that first experience, yeah, the first discovery, I didn't know what was going to happen. So I made every decision. I really thought through every decision with the information I had. I think...
1: But I, I tend to overthink things, I think, and I, and I'm I'm afraid that will. Uh, isn't that an issue that it, it might kind of suck the fun out of a game if you make if you have to make a lot of moral choices? You're like, it's like really stressful and takes out the entertainment of it. The, the entertainment. Yeah, that's why you can't
2: you can't put bar to player all the time with that. Yeah, it has to be an element, but not not too. That has to be fun into it, and that's that's a big challenge with game makers. Yeah. It's. I can imagine. I have, it's making it fun because I can make you
1: gotta balance it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, yes, that's still the challenge. That's why when I when I first made the game, everyone was an average human being, and I realized I don't find that fun. Mm. Uh, I like being really powerful. I like being a magician. I like being a, a powerful knight and everything. And then, how do I wield that power? Is really what I care about. I use when I would play a lot of RPGs, I would cheat and make my character super powerful, and so I wasn't worried about min-maxing. I was worried about making decisions.
1: Yeah, that makes the game more interesting yeah. in that way. Yeah, yeah.
2: They they like they re-released the
0: old uh, Baldur's Gate titles, which were you know the early, Bioware RPGs where you had all these choices and stuff. But they had very difficult combat and could take you know dozens of hours to get through them but they re-released them now with a story mode so you can just play and not care at all about you know your stats the or combat yeah and whatever uh, and just be in the story and um, i think that for some people I've, i think for a lot of people that's actually a blessing um, yeah
2: that i i love those i love those games because i stress out less about missing out on that special sword or missing out on those stats and now I'm going to suffer through the next, next combat because I didn't do that my brain is thinking differently when I play those games where combat is an element but it's a story element and it's all about the decisions you make in a story I feel more immersed in my character because mm-hmm. I stop yeah. in a situation and I go okay what do I do I don't like this guy, but I can't just get rid of him because of these reasons. Yeah. Or I don't. <laughs> or do I save the village to destroy the monster, or do I let the monster go and save save the village? What do I do? I like it's. I I like those. I like those decisions. Have you
0: ever played these Telltale games? Like they did the uh, Walking yes. Dead. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I played a part of that and I was, I, I really enjoyed it actually. It was, I played it on a tablet um, and it was very different from anything I'd ever played before. It was really just a story and you have to make choices and that's it. Nothing else. No yeah. riddles, no, yeah. no combats, just choices.
1: In that regard, uh, do you think uh, there's a, a difference, a different approach to morality uh, in video games uh, versus tabletop games? Because you kind of have a, different uh dynamic there as a, as a game player
2: yeah i think there's i think there's a lot more freedom uh with tabletop games clearly uh because the only limitation is your imagination yeah now the issue the issue you have with tabletop games most tabletop games is uh especially the rpgs you have a game master mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you actually have another human being making who is fundamentally moral as well Making decisions too. Yeah. While in a in a game, you have just a me- mechanics working, and they don't really take into consideration who you are, what you're doing. It's cause and effect. Oh, I do this, and that and this happens, and it's really up to the designers incorporate pieces and morality to it. Um, do I think morality is different? It depends how you design the game.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, it really depends how you design the game while with a rpg i have to see how i give them tools to play a game and then little tools to incorporate the morality or at least to give the gm the tools to incorporate morality or moral decisions i sort of have to make the i have to make the setting right require yeah. them yeah yeah i guess it's more about the setting it is it's it's uh the uh
1: depends on the game as well of course, because you know, like in a tabletop game, you can always decide as a games master uh, when when your players suggest they uh, they just solve the riddle without a fight, or or they compromise. You can say, yeah, well, okay, that's another path. You just go on, and in a gameplay, sometimes a fight is required. You cannot just say, yeah. um, I think in in that yeah. games, it's often um, an option that you just solve the conflict by being a diplomat or something mm-hmm. that that occurs occasionally but not all gameplay systems uh allow for these yeah means. yeah
0: sure i mean you need to do yeah your grinding for xp and yeah. stuff uh... yeah
1: and i guess in a way you can kind of in in a, in a video game you just you take it or leave it that's the just the yeah. game system rules but mm-hmm. when when a tabletop um when you're playing a tabletop game you can negotiate with
2: the, the games yeah. master of course yeah yeah yeah, uh, the, yeah that's the, right yeah there's that human element to it yeah i feel like uh, in in
0: video games it, it always kind of boils down to a choice you know like this bifurcating choice which choice are you gonna do yeah whereas in a tabletop game you could you know perhaps always find some alternative that the 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 author of the module or or the game master never thought of. Um, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, and
2: and uh, the you cannot program it, that. In yeah. In a video game, you can always look up the consequences. Also, yeah. In a in a tabletop game, you can make the consequences very random. Mm. It's of outside factors, and so the consequences become less. You're you're looking for the best consequences, but if they're so random then you have to concentrate on something else when it comes to designing your character and shaping the world.
1: Right.
2: You know, it's, if the consequences aren't the only now that now that might bother a lot of people because there's that whole, I saved the puppy. Uh, but by saving the puppy, I've destroyed the world. You're like, that's, that just drives me crazy. When that's, that would just drive you crazy.
3: Yeah.
1: I hate that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Um, so there's there's a delicate balance to play uh, to try to avoid that whole mechanical consequentialism. How do I get the best yeah. outcome? But then at the same time, how do you make it align with uh, how do you make it al- align with the you know the decisions that you make? How do you uh, make it so that you're thinking more about who am I rather than what is the outcome going to be? -hmm. Yeah, it's it's not easy.
0: (laughs) I was just thinking when you said mechanical consequentialism, I think that that more applies to video games. Yeah. But when in a tabletop setting, there's a different kind of meta gaming, I guess, that may be Mm -hmm. going on. It's like, I know this GM, I know kind of what his moral views are or, you know, or what kind of movies he likes or, you know, so I know what I've got to say or do here to get the consequences I like. You know that that might. Yeah. Al- I mean, that's happened to me as a GM. I, I players have come to me and and said that.
2: So, <laughs>
0: like um, in an
1: oral exam, you you know exactly what you have to say to
2: yeah, the like, teacher. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of the. I don't. I wouldn't call it an obstacle because it's really not an obstacle. No, it's I one mean of the you can't you get around. To There's account. no way to, to get away. No mm-hmm. So I don't want to. I don't want to put a square peg into it. A circular hole and i don't want to force anything on the gm What i want to i am i am looking for a specific crowd people who want to deal with those moral moral issues in the game otherwise Um,
0: they they just pick
2: some other game uh, otherwise it would pick some other game and so i want to give them the tools to make it you know fun i also imagine it was actually originally designed for parents to play with their kids Hmm um
0: but then so, when you went for the post-apocalyptic uh, <laughs> guns and stuff you thought, okay. yeah
2: i thought maybe parents with their teens <laughs> yeah um or yeah because i have to at least love the world i it has to be passionate for me
3: of course or yeah. else
2: i won't work on it um and so i'm trying to find that it's still it's, it's still a work in progress and trying to find that audience that likes the theme, likes the game mechanics. And I guess the morality element is much more becoming much more subtle than it started out. Now it's, now it's more, who am I? What kind of decisions am I going to make? It's not just, Oh, I'm chaotic. And so now I'm just going to cause chaos wherever I go. It's more, I believe in this. I, I, think this is important and this is not important. So I'm gonna make these decisions that are important. And maybe this is not the time to make these kind of decisions. Like you're you're a character that, your character falls in love with everyone they meet and you're in court and there's a king and his daughter is there. And now is not the time to start (laughs) asking the daughter for her hand in marriage when you're trying to solve an issue between two rival houses. that that is not actually that's not the moral decision at that moment because it's not this it's it may be an appropriate moment in another it may be appropriate a different moment but right now no but your character really wants to do it and so you you try to roll to fight against it and oh nope your character goes ahead and does it
0: right yeah yeah yeah, that's another thing. Your character might feel different motivations, different impulses than you do.
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing. That's, yeah. you, you are the rational side of your character. Yeah. You are his will. And you can strengthen yourself by decisions that you make. You can strengthen your will. Mm-hmm. But if your character is more aligned to their desires you're going to have less control over him, but there's like more power associated to it. There's a, there's an attraction to making your character more aligned with their uh, temperament.
0: Yeah. I I wonder, I wonder um, if I were ever to play this game, if what kind of character I'd play, would I play someone who's closer to how I am in real life or someone who's completely different with very different. Well,
2: I I'm creating, I'm I'm actually creating a, like a a little test uh, that, Creates your your alignment depending on your decisions. So I found out that the um, the color pie fits in well with the Big Five personality traits.
1: Oh, okay.
2: And so, when you take a Big Five personality trait uh, test, you I don't know if you guys know the Big Five personality like traits?
0: those with those four I or know five it, letters.
3: The There's
2: it's uh it's a degrees of openness. So interest in abstract ideas, degrees of extroversion. So it can be extroverted or introverted. Oh. Uh, degrees of neuroticism, which is how emotionally stable you are. So low neuroticism, high neuroticism. Uh, how, do, how much do I have a three? Openness. Uh, conscientiousness, which is uh, your sense of duty and control, uh, which is high or low. And then one, two, three, four, five. What was the last one? And agreeableness how how agreeable you are how trusting you are of others and so i realized that the colors have an alignment to certain ter- personalities of high or low levels and they then depend
1: for uh, personality tests but that has like two parameters remember that the disc one oh the disc yeah and and then the 16 personality profile but i've never heard of the five. this one the,
2: the big five they actually they've been using it for for years now and they've okay. have this study across countries and and nations and cross-culturally and they found that there are there is like common ground between cultures and on mm. their description of people's personalities
3: mm.
2: and so i found that that fit in kind of well and so if you have a certain personality you align naturally to a certain type of philosophy it doesn't necessarily mean that it's the philosophy you would like to follow mm-hmm. it is the philosophy that you naturally follow whether you want to or not
0: oh, well, yeah well, you might you you might not agree but
2: it, it, it is actually what your personality is most like so yeah so like um, the white color white is or in, in my fictional universe it's uh, ghee the color of, of order and peace and the two personality traits that go with it are high in conscientiousness so hard work and duty yeah. and high in agreeableness. Because you agree, you you look at the collective. You want order. Uh, you want things to fit where they're supposed to fit. Everyone has a responsibility. Everyone has a duty, and everyone gets along because they're in the place they're supposed to be. Um, the issue with that is you may be very cold to people's desires. You may you're very structured. You don't break laws ever. That would be D and uh, lawful good. Lawful, lawful good.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What well, might not be good because you could be tyrannical.
1: Yeah, because mm-hmm. what
2: you care about is order.
1: Even when the law is corrupted, you'll still follow. Even
2: it. when the law is yeah. corrupted, you will follow it.
0: Yeah, and even uh, in D and D, then you would
2: be lawful evil. But yeah, or lawful neutral, or lawful like you're just yeah, yeah. So within I'm your open. philosophy, within your philosophy, you could be good or you can be evil. Mm-hmm. Depends on how extreme you become with your philosophy.
0: Or or, Yeah, or whether you use it in appropriate situations or
2: not, I guess. Like the law says, if you steal bread, your hand will be cut off. Typical moral decision. Mm -hmm. And so you find a a father who stole bread to feed his family. The typical question. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah.
2: The law says one thing. What do you do? Mm -hmm. And so in other moments, you may follow the law and keep the order. But in this moment, you're like, ah. And so you're... Your character's personality, the decision you make, uh, whether or not you su- also if you succeed or fail in the role, that also adds to whether you go deeper or further away from your philosophy hmm. or you shift to another one.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess um, to, to, to make matters interesting, it's very important in your setting that it's, it's not a kind of um,
2: utopian ideal setting no no it has to be dystopian like there have it
0: it has to be a world where there are unjust laws for example
2: right it's it's a it's a world where different factions are trying to form the world according to their ideals right yeah so you as a guild you take a role in that and so you believe in a world you can either believe in a world of maximum freedom and passion but then there's a lot of chaos on that side or you believe in a world where people look out for their self-interests only Mm. or it's self-interests and a lot of, uh, and perfection, or there's a lot of harmony and, and justice, but it's very cold and uncompromising. Uh, there's, there's this, you can mix and match. And, and that's what I loved about the magic color wheel. There's some things I disagree with it and I'm adjusting to my game. Um, but I, I, I love it because it doesn't pick like this is the good color, this is the bad color. It's just this is just the color, and this is what it believes. And if you combine them, they start believing different things.
0: Wow. I get. So really, actually, what's the title of your game? We we haven't we don't know that yet. Uh,
2: so the name of the game is
0: Erebus. 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 Uh, how do you spell that? E R I.
2: E R E B U S. Erebus, okay. Airbus, Airbus. is that
3: what I wrote? Okay,
2: uh, That was a recent update because I've I've gone, uh, I've changed the name <laughs> over and over again. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. At one
0: time, it was gonna be called Vices and Virtues. Uh, yeah, because like, like, like it went well it was with like
2: VMV. But then I felt like a less direct name would uh, yeah. would work.
0: Okay. Yeah, I know. I like that Erebus. It it kind of it's kind of got a, a space opera feel to it, I think. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. There is there is like a space element in the lore, uh, but I I've yet to flesh it out a lot uh because in this universe uh space is actually filled with liquid.
3: Oh. Uh I, I like, like that. a
2: it's a dark liquid and so combat in space isn't uh, it isn't like, oh, I shoot a laser over here and I get you. <laughs> it's well, like it's actually like, it's, it's, it's submarine combat wow. and, and broadside cannons and, and stuff like that because it's cool. But I never understood in Star Wars, why did the ships just go next to each other and shoot each other? Why did you just shoot a big laser from very far away? Yeah, and why I, is there I, noise? I recently thought in,
0: in Star Wars, like if when, when they shoot a laser and they miss, doesn't it just keep on going? Yeah, <laughs> forever and ever until it's someone
1: shooting everything is just in its just way, unluckily
0: yeah. <laughs> sort of it, gets hit by some laser that yeah a thousand
2: years ago yeah that's true that's <laughs> that's true that's what i was thinking yeah. it's like oh they're shooting all these lasers and some poor dude yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it's uh yeah but that the, the space combat it's i've yet to but that's where my um my Lovecraftian horror comes from where there are creatures from beyond that are, that are powerful yet there aren't evil. They just don't care about you.
0: Mm, okay. Right. So you're,
2: we're like ants to them or. Where, yeah. yeah. And that sense where their, their influence is everywhere too, even in the philosophies. And so there's a, there's a whole conflict about, about that. Now there is, there is a good, I do have a good in this world because everything sounds evil. Mm. Um, but it's more subtle than, than what, uh, than what, it's not just there's some sort of good God. And so you follow this good God and oh, I'm still so fleshing it out. I'm still fleshing it out. So it makes mm. philosophical sense. Yeah.
3: Okay.
2: yeah, no, um, very
0: interesting. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there will be people. Um, I know. I mean, one of one of our other patrons uh, we chat to regularly um, is very big into role playing games as well. So he might be very interested in this.
1: Yeah, and he's so, he's uh, very into uh, developing worlds, is yeah, worlds. as well. Yeah.
2: So, yeah. so um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, I need to play test it a lot more, so people can tell me how horrible it is and where <laughs> I can fix it. <laughs> Oh, really looking
0: forward to seeing more of it, and
2: um, yeah, my, that, my plan is yeah. my plan is to have a, a by next by August of next year mm-hmm. to have uh, the basic rules set up and maybe two or three quest lines. Okay, um, and then work from there. Oh, great! Yeah,
1: sounds cool. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I, I've I've um I've been in the Discord. But um, I mean, we've got our own Discord, and I I don't. Post no, it's there. it's been very it's been uh, <laughs> very quiet.
2: It has been very quiet. Um, mostly because a lot of my work, a lot of the work I've been doing has been. Well, first of all, these since school started, I, I work at a since I work at a school. These first few weeks have been uh, pretty hectic, yeah. so I haven't worked I haven't worked on it, and most of the time when I work on it is. I don't update the Discord. I just sit down and write in my notebook everything. I just let my mind flow. Mm-hmm. And so I forget to tell other people what I'm doing <laughs> until like two weeks later. I'm like, oh, by the way, I wrote this entire combat system. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, I have been, I have been, it's been slowing down lately. Work and family has slowed things down. But I, I, I really, I want to set up a Patreon, set up a whole, a whole, uh, a whole ecosystem for this, because I want people to, I want people to play it and like to play it.
3: Sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Sorry, you got this stupid ad. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it suddenly came up. Um, yeah. No. Um, looking forward to to play testing it. Maybe if uh, if you uh, if you're looking for people. Uh, once you're closer to uh, the
2: yeah, when I get a finished product, I think I'll I, uh, I'll uh, invite people over to set up a, a certain campaign. I gotta practice my GM skills with Blades in the Dark with the Force mm-hmm. in the Dark system. Right, um, but uh,
0: I I know nothing about that system. I, I've I've been into a lot of different RPG systems. Never heard
3: of Blades. Yeah,
2: Blade. look look up look up Blades. I recommend it. Um, I, I like it. I like the whole idea behind it. Um, the entire philosophy for it is that it's that, uh, yes, but philosophy. Um, and the dice system is pretty simple. It's, uh, it's a six sided dice. It's a six sided dice pool where you pick the highest value.
3: Mm -hmm. Uh,
2: if all, if all things go well, you pick the highest value. And, uh, that tells you the results that either tells you success Success with consequences or failure,
3: right?
2: Okay. Or like, or critical success stuff like that. Okay. And then different factors determine how many dice and everything, and you know they start playing with that. Um, but it's really simple. You can just steal the dice from your Monopoly game because people don't play Monopoly anymore, (laughs) or maybe they still do. (laughs) If they like, if they like their family, they stop playing Monopoly, and they they uh, they use those dice. Yeah, yeah, sure.
0: These um, are, sixes are everywhere. Uh, they're easy yeah. to get a hold of. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. Um, looking forward to, to seeing more. And um, thanks for, for uh, being on our podcast. Um, oh, thank you our for our inviting me. guest ever. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the uh, first one was our composer, Peter. Um, we had uh-huh. a, a nice long conversation with him. Um, and and the was, first uh, visual guest you're the first one uh, people uh, can actually see so oh well cuz i can't physically come visit you no no th- no that 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 would be lovely but maybe someday uh... it's not a, it's not yeah, allowed we, we're actually in a very cliche way we're eating belgian chocolates right now oh um, <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm we offer uh, you we've one. got belgian beer in the fridge so <laughs> yeah well did I, 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 i'm mentioning the only two things that belgium's kind of like awesome <laughs> beer <laughs>
2: <laughs> Well, I, I love i love both I wish okay. I wish I could fly over and we can discuss
1: the combination is not always beer. successful though.
2: Beer
0: and chocolate, no, and beer. Uh,
2: probably no, not, not at the same no. time. Well, uh, what about beer and waffles? Aren't you guys <laughs> really good with waffles? Right. Yeah, or no, well, yeah. fries. fries, fries. I remember Belgian fries are the best fries. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: With beer, we yeah.
0: we've got a yeah, a whole tradition surrounding the yeah.
1: Uh, and the waffle sure. things actually we, we only eat waffles when it's someone's birthday or something. Yeah. And there's no thing with eating waffles at, at breakfast. That's yeah, that's actually an, something
3: Americans do. American yeah,
2: we, yeah, we have our we have our I noticed that in Europe there are a lot of meals that people have for dinner, like in Spain, they have fried eggs for dinner. We have all that for breakfast. We get that out of the way. Start the day with dinner. And uh, well, there's something to be said for that.
1: Eggs are good for breakfast.
2: Yeah. Eggs are eggs are excellent. Yeah. There's a, a. That's why I love Spain. You know, I love the food in Spain because what I would have for breakfast, I would have all day. So my wife makes fried eggs. My wife, who's Spanish, makes fried eggs for dinner, and I'm like, "Yes, breakfast for dinner." <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks at me funny, like, "What do you mean we we have this for dinner? This is normal." <laughs> it's like, "No, it's breakfast.
3: Where's the bacon?" <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll keep that
0: in mind if you ever come. <laughs>
1: Uh, Friday eggs it is
0: I have been ready all
2: okay. right well thank you so much uh, mm-hmm. when I have a, I, I'll call I'll hit you guys up when I have a final product or at least an alpha to test out mm-hmm. um, yeah. hopefully things calm down and actually I can actually sit down and write some rules mm-hmm. that make sense that aren't scribbled in yeah. chicken scratch with my hands
1: is there like a link of something uh, online? Have you put something online already?
2: I I have not because it's so terrible that I don't wish the the <laughs> world to see it.
1: Oh, that's mm. fine. If you ever it's an uh,
2: abomination,
1: you ever have a, ah. like a Patreon page, we all so wait. we well, um, had this whole, whole conversation, the
2: and it's actually bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right now it's it's bad, but it's going to be so amazing. Hmm. Okay. Uh, everything everything starts off bad. Uh, nothing starts off amazing.
1: Have you ever uh, read uh, Domine's first uh, stories? Yeah, they were <laughs> crap.
0: yeah.
2: They were, uh, <laughs> they were really crap. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, why? Well, I, ha- I have. I think all the Witcher books now, uh, the Witch Hunter books. Uh, I well, think there's only really two there.
0: so far. Um, all uh, of yeah.
2: One like, waiting for the third one to come out. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're writing. We're writing. You'd
1: better buy a bigger bookcase.
0: Yeah, <laughs> better buy a bigger bookcase. Yeah, That's right. Much is it a big? Is it going to be a big book? <laughs> yeah. and there's going to be a lot of a lot of them, right? Um, if our Patreon takes off, uh, then uh, <laughs> there might be many. Well,
1: we do think it's going to be uh, bigger than um, the Beast of the Western Wilds. The new it, story. It, yeah,
0: it's already. I mean, we're still writing the first draft, yeah. and. Um, we, we and promised... it's already almost the length of the of the beast of the western Wilds. so right. it's definitely gonna be big we
1: promised our patrons a story of at least two hours long in march well it's gonna be yeah it's gonna it's be, o- it's, already gonna four, be it's already it's already four hours now and <laughs> yeah.
0: and we're still you know nowhere near uh, the end so
1: yeah wow but we're getting there and we're right
0: on i mean that's just the writing we still have to record it and we still have to get the music and the sound effects
2: and everything
1: that's the easy
2: well i i I did want to when i finish this when i finish this product when i announce new uh extensions i was thinking of making like ads that would have like sound effects on the background and everything and then show the new books and i i have a a, uh an I have a buddy of mine who does that. The, he, he can do all the visuals, but I have no one to do the audios. Okay, I yeah. say <laughs> as I wink at you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It sounds like a lot of fun. I would love to do that. Yeah, I actually did. I did do a, a voiceover for your school, right?
2: Yes. You did it for our house system. It was very, it, everyone. I, I even made the music for that. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was the best thing. You could have done for the kids. The kids loved it. Yeah, Maybe did, you uh, should nice.
1: uh, t- tell the the listeners about your house system because obviously yeah. they don't. So know. you got uh, a Harry
2: Potter like
0: school, right?
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like so kind of Hogwarts. At our school, uh, each student is put into uh, each student is put into a house, uh, which is sort of like a, a team. Uh, s- since our first grade, all the way till they stay in the same house until they graduate, and students get uh, points for. Well, uh, virtuous behavior, Uh, and so, and those points go to their house as a team, and the team, the house with the most points, they win at the end of the year. But the house also has its own internal culture and its its own traditions. The students develop their traditions. They elect their leader, and the leader creates events and everything. So it's it's trying to give the students their own little their own little club, their own little community within the entire school. And so the videos, the histories, they're, well, they're made up histories, but they're very cool as if the houses have existed throughout history already. Wow. Uh, and the students, they, they love it. Well, at least the little ones. They love it a lot. High school students, they're, well, they're high school students. <laughs>
3: nothing, nothing. No,
2: they're probably they just, just kind of
0: cynical about everything, right? And...
2: Yes. Yeah. But they're supposed to be the leaders. So they, they kind of, they see the excitement in the little kids and they're like, well, maybe, maybe it is fun. Hmm. Yeah.
1: I yeah, imagine
2: so, that. super cool yeah but there's there's so much there's so much more to do so much for more <laughs> things to do with
3: that
2: yeah
0: okay you could actually perhaps map all those magic the gathering colors onto the houses of your school and <laughs> or not
2: that would we we would have five houses we have four we would have five houses I could do that but then who would want to be in the 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 black house of
0: (laughs) slytherin right yeah
2: selfishness and ambition and i I guess everyone (laughs) (laughs) yeah slytherin is clearly the best house everyone knows that is it i don't know it is it is i think it is (laughs) i'm clearly a slytherin no one knows anything about And no one knows anything yes. about Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. No one cares about those houses. No, they that's
0: about true. The- yeah, that's true. But I, I think Ravenclaw. I mean, Hufflepuff. Is, there's nothing cool about that. But
2: Ravenclaw. Yeah, that's, they they're sound like the cool. They're like the smart ones, right? They're yeah. And then the uh, Gri- cool. Gryffindor are like the heroes or the noble-hearted. Yeah. The Slytherin are well, they're, like they're the ambitious. They're the ambitious ones. Um, but I don't know. I think they're cool. <laughs> I'm just everyone picks the yeah, yeah. good guys. I like. I I find the bad guys so much more interesting. They have
1: yeah. more complex
2: stories.
0: I don't, I, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion at all. No. Yeah, um, oh.
1: yeah,
0: and, and, and I mean, let's it's face it. It's difficult
1: to write uh, an interesting bad guy. Um, definitely, it's. Uh... It's important too because if you're a bad yeah. guy it's just uh, I want to destroy the world that's it and it's kind of boring
2: yeah <laughs> yeah it's uh I, sometimes I feel like I, I, I start to I come for the hero but I stay for the villain <laughs> yeah I, I you, 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 you like the hero but then you find out who the villain is you're like oh what are they gonna do with this guy? Yeah. How is the hero gonna react to this guy? what is this guy gonna do?
1: especially if they have their story arc, uh, can be very interesting. I, I yeah. think,
0: like, I think there, there's a lack of, um, there's a serious lack of awesome heroes. I mean, like, like, I mean, it, I think it's natural that people gravitate towards the film, towards the villain. Um, yeah. like you just said, it's kind of, I think that's natural. Um, what's harder is to make a, a hero that's really appealing, um, yeah i think there's kind of a lack of that and i know i i've I've been talking a bit too much about this but that's one of the strengths i feel of 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 the lord of the rings is like who is sauron sauron is just this vague evil entity but you know the whole story is about all of these people who are all you know various degrees of good (laughs) and they're all trying you know to 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 help you know to do their part in this and um and 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 you know they are the characters you find interesting you know whether it's Aragorn or Gandalf or Frodo um yeah yeah and I think that's rare uh these days it's true it's quite rare that 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 actually the 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 heroic characters are the ones that make you say yeah that guy is interesting and and this person is cool and, and I don't know or maybe I'm just full of crap. No, they might be. No,
2: no, you have a point. Maybe, maybe the big interest in my interest in villains is that people aren't writing or creating interesting heroes.
0: Yeah, I guess you put
2: it much more succinctly. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I mean. The, the villain is so interesting yeah. because he's complex and yeah.
1: because he's more, trying yeah. to do
2: good, but the in the wrong way. Pushy. It's the like, heroes.
3: you know, you've
0: got <laughs> Joker. Joker was this really interesting movie. Disney's been doing a lot of, you know, Let's revisit the villain and make them a bit more nuanced type movies. Um, not always as successfully, but I mean, there's clearly an, an audience for that. Um, but not enough people are, are, you know, doing work to make a really good character and in, really interesting. When I think in, in, in actuality, good people are m-
2: in actually much more interesting than bad people in reality well when they have their when they have their conflicts and people tr- and they try to overcome their conflicts yeah which is a, what good people do and bad people
0: yeah
1: exactly <laughs> you, you can have a hero with a a sob story uh, yeah. in their past as well but if you if you are if you act like a hero despite all these things then you get less credit for that than if you're a villain and they, they say like oh poor guy he had a bad childhood
3: <laughs> yeah
2: i find i find the the um, like a good example of, a, of of a, I don't know if he's a hero yet because the series isn't done. Uh, I watched The Walking Dead, and uh, there are a lot of very bad seasons. But uh, there's this character that is my favorite character, which is Negan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen The Walking Dead.
0: No, no, I, I, it's oh, too oh. violent for me. It's it, oh. it seemed, yeah, I've it's, seen it's, a, it's a little. That it, made me say, "Oh, I'm I'm gonna be." It's
2: sorry. a yes, and it's a <laughs> bit much. They they yeah. use the violence a lot, but there's this um. There is this character, his name is Negan, and he, he um, you get more of his backstory. So basically his story is he was a good, decent guy. Well, actually, no, he wasn't. He was a, was a bit of a mess of a guy. His wife makes, he gets married and he gets a little bit better. His wife gets cancer and he becomes a good guy. And then his wife dies during the apocalypse, during the zombie apocalypse. And then he becomes sort of broken because of that. He leads later in like the present, he b- becomes a leader of a group that makes the protagonist's lives terrible, but it's not that he's just evil and he's doing evil for evil's sake is he is asserting dominance over territory and charging taxes. And when they don't pay their taxes or whatever his taxes are, which is food or people, he punishes them. So he's the bad guy. He's punishing them for in- asserting his power over them. Um, He loses, they beat him, but they don't kill him. They put him in jail. And he sort of has this sort of transformation throughout the series. And I find it very interesting how how he becomes, he's not a hero yet, but he's not a villain either. It's how he's changing as a human being. I find it so interesting because he was a good guy, then evil or the bad guy, and then he's becoming a good guy. And and I find that transition of how he becomes from evil to good really interesting. Mm. Uh, yeah, He's the only reason I'm still watching The Walking Dead. I just love Negan.
1: It's what we we recently talked about, that we wanted to do an episode on villains. And right. that, that's the interesting thing, like a, a villain becoming a hero or heroes yeah. becoming villains. Yeah, that like story the, the whole
0: redemption arc uh, phenomenon. Yeah, I love it.
2: I'm a big fan of that, that whole... Uh, whole every we should
0: have you have you on again as
2: a guest (laughs) (laughs) no i'm no professional in that area i just (laughs) i'm just a big fan of
0: we're no professionals on any of the topics we talk about Uh, (laughs) it's just fun right i mean it's just uh two people talking about their views and and experiences when it comes to storytelling and of course focused on 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 you know the fantastic uh type of storytelling
2: Well, I, I have to, I have to go. I have to go out yeah, to me too. take care of my kids. <laughs> you have
0: to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs>
1: this was <laughs> yes, definitely that's a, a that's great important. discussion. More yeah, it was. It really was. Really an interesting topic, uh, topic in storytelling. So really great to have you on.
2: Well, th- I hope next time we, if we do this, if there is a next time if I get invited ever again, to ruining your podcast. <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I would love to do it in person over a beer. That would be that would be
1: that would be great. Awesome.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, I'll have one ready for you. Thank you.
3: <laughs> okay. All right, guys, you great, thank you so much. Have uh, a great day. You too. Thank Bye. you. Bye.